Coming off a 2-0 win over the Chicago Fire, New York turns their attention this weekend at Red Bull Arena to another Eastern Conference rival in Toronto FC. Early start for Saturday at 1 p.m. This is Matt Harmon from the New York Red Bull Radio Network. Connor Laid and I break it down with our special guest, that's defender Aaron Long. Time for another episode of Red Bulls Weekly. Thanks, as always, for joining us. season week number four sounds crazy to say that already with three games done and uh connor we say hello my friend hope all is well and it's always nice to be able to do this after a win and that's exactly what uh new york was able to put together an impressive i will say two nothing win over the chicago fire yeah matt great to be back with you and definitely easier after a win especially a win like that um I can't remember. I mean, the last time we saw such an impressive win from this side, I think it was dominant, uh, especially against a pretty dangerous Chicago team. I know they had some injuries coming into it, but their attack was pretty intact. And really the entire day didn't give New York much problems. And I think that's a big credit to the defense, but really the whole team as a whole. We we talk about, uh, you know, going 11 for 11, um, you know, winning your duels all around the field. And I think that's exactly what happened. And Every sub that came in was impactful. You know, you get a couple of great goals from Christian Casares Jr. and Caden Clark. Um, you know, really great performances around the field. And I think it's some something, it's a jumping off point for this team and excited to see how they build off of this. You know, interesting that you say defensively because our guest today, as you just heard uh, in the open, will be the Red Bull defender, Aaron Long. We'll talk about an assortment of things today, everything from his experience the first couple of games, the coaching change, Chris Armas coming back with Toronto, national team. We've got so much coming up for you uh, in what I'm sure will be a really fun segment. But when you think of it defensively, Connor, in the first couple of weeks, Kansas City and Los Angeles, I think you could say, wow, we, we could have gotten a point in at least one of those games, and maybe it was the defensive miscues that cost the team this week just the opposite, locking things down um, and, and making sure that Chicago had limited to, to your point, almost no real good opportunities. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, one part of it is that fire that got lit under them from not having some great performances and letting in a couple goals that they probably shouldn't have and I know a big emphasis was put into that defensive shape. You know, we've seen them in a couple different formations, so they're still ironing a lot of details out. But this defense is what's going to make this team successful this year. And that was very dominant of a performance. You know, Chicago is a big transition team. If they get out and running at you, they can be very dangerous. But it seemed like the entire day they couldn't get on that front foot because the rest defense from this team, you know, our guest today, Aaron, had – a very, very dominant performance. You see, you know, he, I can't think of a duel that he didn't win in that game and was constantly breaking up plays, but you know, it, it's a, it's a, it was a big point of emphasis going into this week as being solid defensively, getting a shutout, especially at home in Red Bull arena. And so I think, like we said, it's, it's a big jumping off point and you know, if they can consistently get performances like that, they can really do some damage this year. You know, Connor on, on so many levels in so many ways, 
what what you and I have talked about on the podcast, the different guests that we've had on, uh, what what Steve and I talk about on the, on the radio, the pregame and during the during the course of the games in the first couple of weeks was almost, and it's so hard to say this to 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 a fan base that's dying for that championship, right? But you preach patience a little bit, understand new coach, so many new players, and not just new players, but new players from all over the place, all kind of different nationalities. Um, and, and you, you know, you did wonder how much of an impact not having preseason games wreaked havoc on this team. And I, I think you could point to that in Kansas city and Los Angeles miscommunications, bad mistakes at really bad times. Um, and maybe you saw a team that it, not clearly quite a finished product because it's only the third week of the season, but you could see really do something different in week three than you did in the first couple. For sure. And I think we talked a lot about, you know, it was a tough draw in the beginning of the year. And, you know, with playing a couple of teams like that who were playing very well with not having, you know, the lack of preseason games was, you know, hampered this team big time. You can't, it's so hard to replicate games even in those, in the preseason, but to not even have those games at all, you know, you know or lack, you know, only a couple in there, it, it's, you you can't really describe how important that is. And so, you know, it, it even seems like Gerhardt has been here longer than he has because he had that game in the playoffs. But if you think about it, this is, he's only had a handful of games here and he's still figuring out the formation he likes, the the pieces in there that fit well together, still learning about the players and the players themselves are still learning about each other. So it's we knew there was going to be, uh, you know, growth, you know, growing pains, but I think we didn't know the extent of it. And I think for them to have a performance like that after two performances previously is a big compliment to the locker room, them holding each other accountable. And I think that is a great sign for, for the rest of the year to come. Well, you know, Connor, you say with so many different players, the coaching, the tactics, all, all the different pieces of it and, and throw in the fact that the roster is not even a hundred percent complete. You've still got guys getting acclimated. You've still got guys that haven't even, uh, gotten to the team yet so that that roster building you know and, and even off a good performance with Chicago again not to over not to overstate it because there's still so many games left but but I think from the standpoint of just wanting to see the positive step forward I think you could clearly say not only did you see that but you probably saw a little bit more 100% and I think it's important for this team especially in this moment it's you know you don't, you don't get too low. You don't get too high. You know, this is just one step along the way to get to where you want to be. And I think there's a long way to go. And, you know, will we see more growing pains? Yeah, probably. Like you mentioned, with more guys coming in, you still have, you know, Young DP and Patrick Klamala coming in and a Tom Edwards who's looking to join the team. So there's still a lot of pieces that are, you know, still to be put in place. But I think to have performances, you want consistency. You want to look around the field and see that the guys are doing the little things right. And that's exactly what happened in this game. And I think that's something Gerhard was going to be very excited about. And the whole staff is, and I think the fans should be excited about that as well. Cause it, they've been asking for shutouts in Red Bull arena and they got one this weekend. Connor, let's finish with this one before we take a break and bring on uh, Aaron long. You played with him for a couple of years. I, he, he, his story and he and I have talked about his story on earlier episodes of our podcast series in, in years past. His story is unbelievable. I mean, the guy, that gets drafted, you know, kind of floats around a little bit, comes to the Red Bull system, works his way up from USL, becomes defender of the year. He's been the national team captain. He's been an MLS all-star. He's kind of done it all in a really short amount of time. Um, throw in the fact that he's 
a new father, throw in the fact that he's, you know, trying to probably figure out like what, where am I going in my career with, with Red Bull and the national team and kind of all put it together. Um, but, but he's been a guy that's just been so much fun to be around and watch mature both on and off the field. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, one of my favorite teammates that I've ever had, uh, you know, Aaron's, you know, the banter alone, uh, you know, puts him at the top of, of favorite teammates, but yeah, you look, you talk about his journey and it's, it's pretty wild how it took as long as it did to get to Red Bull for him to really have that breakthrough because he is such a talented player. And I think a big part of that, and if you ask him, you know, it's probably that maturity. And I think he, you know, he was maybe playing in the six, not necessarily playing center back, moving around, still trying to find his identity as a player. But I think, you know, it, it, it really is mind blowing with the, all the tools that he has that it just didn't catch on until he got in here. And, you know, we're thrilled about it, honestly. And I think he's, he's happy to, to be in this position he is today, you know, has had some incredible success with the national team this past year. And we're excited to see what he can do there, but really the big part for me is I'm excited to see what role this leadership role he's going to have within this team, because it is a young team and, you know, not that Aaron's an old guy, but he is, you know, in, in this roster, he's one of the older guys. And so I think that's going to be interesting to see his growth as a leader and see what those, you know, positive he takes from the national team and can inject into this roster. It gives me hope, Connor. If he's an old guy, I mean, I can only imagine I still have that one big last opportunity for something to, to spin around and go the right way. You just <laughs> never, never really know. All right, we'll take a quick break here when we come back on the other side of it. We are joined by Red Bull defender Aaron Long. Stick, stick around. Matt Harmon, Connor Laid on the latest episode of Red Bulls Weekly. New York Red Bulls Weekly brought to you in part by the New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT makes industry-ready engineers in more than 20 fields. If it's engineering, it's at NJIT. Number one in the nation for student upward economic mobility. Learn more at njit.edu. And we are back here on our Red Bulls Weekly Podcast with Connor Laid. I'm Matt Horman. Uh, Connor and I just spending the first couple of minutes getting everybody up and going for um, our guest today. And that is Red Bull defender Aaron Long, who's good enough to give us some time. Uh, Aaron, interesting start right to the season so far with, with everything getting back up and a little bit more normal than it was a year ago. The two tough losses with Kansas City and the L.A. Galaxy. And I thought a real good game for you guys uh, this past week, getting that first win. Yeah, uh, I feel the same. I feel like it's been a, a, a slow start for us, but I think um, there's a lot of good vibes going along in the locker room right now. Um, we feel like we're back on track, and it's good to be back at home uh, and to get a win. And, and, you know, it feels like that that monkey's off our back. You know, the first win of the season is a lot of times the toughest one to get, and hopefully we can keep the ball rolling. When, when you say difficult start to the year, I, I think right now that takes on such a different meaning difficult start to the year i'll say it's a multiple choice question here because of the pandemic because of having the long layoff because of having so many new players um because of having basically a new coach and a new system come in or is it you know that all of above because it's probably pieces to all of it yeah i think i think it's pieces to all of it for sure um more than anything though i think it's having a new coach and a new system and a lot of new players, right? We got to learn each other. We don't just have to learn the system. We have to learn each other. And I think there's, uh, I think we were counting the day in the locker room. I think there's like 11 or or close to that new additions to the team. That just takes time to, to really gel and to get to know each other. 
uh, and practice is one thing, preseason's one thing, but when you're in the games and uh, big moments are on the line, I think that's when you learn the most about your teammates. So it's, it's going to take time and it's going to take games. Aaron, uh, you know, talking about those new additions, you know, like you said, 11 or so, and, you know, maybe more to come. How has your role within the team changed? You know, you used to be, you know, a younger guy. Now you're up there. You got a lot of experience under your belt. You know, how have you taken this leadership role, especially with uh, a team getting younger and younger? Yeah, I think uh, I think the leadership role is something that uh, I was kind of thrust into by by age almost. Um, I have been here a good amount of time now, so that it just kind of comes with the territory after being here so long. But um, yeah, I think more than anything, being the second oldest guy on the team now, or maybe third oldest guy on the team, it's just like, uh, uh, you know, younger guys are going to look to you. Younger guys are going to look to the guys who have been here the longest. Uh, me, Sean Davis, Ryan Mara, guys like that. And yeah, it's just um, something that over the past couple of years, I've, I've kind of fell into this. Uh, leadership role and I'm getting more and more comfortable with it every year I kind of enjoy how Connor just slipped in that I, I think he just kind of called you old without really calling you old I mean is for a guy who's already retired I'm not really sure how that works out Aaron I mean big time he he cut off the mullet he's growing up for sure Matt I mean I'm trying dude I got a kid now you know which which is which is such a fun little piece of uh and, and I didn't throw it in in terms of why maybe it's been a difficult start to the season. I, I would think you're probably sleeping better this year than you were last year around the same time. Um, but, but all those little nuances of being a father, they, they probably contribute to, you know, thinking now instead of, Oh God, I got to go to practice. Now I would imagine it's almost like, Oh great. I get to go to practice. I got to get out of the house for a little bit. <laughs> oh, it's funny that you say that, man. It's like, I've heard and I've seen though those like, in a like obviously a lot of times it's in a playful way you know like the older guys are still around after training like a little bit longer than younger guys and it's like okay is it because you know you got to go home and take care of kids if you leave right now is that why you're sticking around and doing extra weights or are you just being a great professional but uh yeah i mean it's so much easier now the baby's sleeping amazing so the that's there's no issues at home it's it's great to come home you know, let, let me just follow up real quick because I, I have seen it in my time with the team so so many times over the course of the last seven years of doing um, radio for, for, for Red Bull New York. Um, and you kind of had one of those moments after the game on Saturday where you get to bring your daughter down, you get to walk around the field a little bit. I mean, clearly last year, I don't think anybody would have thought maybe that was even possible again. But, you know, for, for a guy who's transitioning into – being one of the younger guys to being a dad now. And as Connor likes to say, I'd like to say veteran Connor likes to say old that that's it's, it's semantics. Maybe at this point, what, what, how special is it for you to, you know, embrace the fact that now you can do that again, bring your daughter down onto the field after the game. Yeah. That's something that I spoke to Connor about after the game, actually. It's, it's something that I don't know if, uh, if that stands out to a lot of younger players, but I know that for sure when I was, a younger player and, and coming up through this club, I feel like there was a lot of kids, um, Bradley Wright Phillips kids, Luis's kids, Sasha's kids, Connor's kids, like, and when they could bring them down onto the field after a game, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would love to one day be able to have a kid, which was like not even in the question at the time, like have a kid one day and then have a kid early enough to where I could bring them on the field with me so they could have those memories um, or have those pictures when they're older. Uh, and then hopefully I can continue playing. I know I'm old, Connor, but if I have a couple more years in me, hopefully I can bring them on the field when they can remember that when they're older because obviously she's way too young to, to remember that now. But 
yeah, it was something I was talking to Connor about. And for some reason, I've always been drawn to that moment. And for it to be the first time um, at home, get a win, first win of the season. Um, like you said, the pandemic's now in the past and you can actually bring your, you know, I could bring my daughter onto the field. It was, it was so special to me. I really loved it. Yeah, I think that's a moment that's always going to stick with you. I think for me, it was the highlight of my career. I mean, I don't have that many highlights. You've got way more than me, but that was the one that sticks out. I remember, um, I remember left-footed volley top bins. I mean, that's a highlight. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a highlight, but I'm saying we don't have that many. So that one's definitely at the top for me. But I think, uh, Aaron, for you, I mean, I'm obviously you're going to have plenty more memories down there with Kaya. We'll be seeing her grow up for a long time. Um, but let's talk a little bit about that Chicago game. Um, you know, like, like Matt said, you know, little turbulent start to the season, but coming in, tell us a little bit how the buildup was to that match. What was the messaging going to the locker room, uh, before that? And kind of what was being emphasized throughout the week? Because it's probably one of the best performances we've seen from the group in a long time. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know if you guys can hear that dinging. This isn't my laptop and messages. Are You're a popular guy. We, we get it. Messages are flying in on from like old messages because we just turned this laptop on and haven't turned on forever. But um, yeah, I think there was, um, I don't want to say nerves, but like there was an edge to the team going into this week. Definitely. Um, You know, like I said, there's always that, that monkey on your back when you haven't got the first win of the season and you're chasing it. Um, And we've already had one game at home that we lost and we know how, uh, and you know, Connor, how special this, you know, Red Bull arena fortress is to us and, how every time we play at home, we want to win. And I think it was going to be a, uh, I don't know. It was almost like what would happen if we lose this game. So we're going to do everything in our power that, you know, we're not going to allow ourselves to lose this game. And there was a, an edge to the team and an edge to the group and all the boys um, during practice. And you could feel it. It was almost like it was a derby week. Like this was so important to us. And I think it showed up in the game. It was like ultimate focus, 90 minute performance, um, you know, I don't think anyone on our team had a bad game. It was, you could tell there was a little bit something different and you could tell how bad we wanted it. So to that point, Aaron, going into this week's game with another good opponent coming to Red Bull Arena in Toronto, there's a lot of little pieces to that, but I want to start with um, a continuation of that answer. How do you guys, I'll say, maintain that edge, keep that focus, keep that drive um, so that, another game or two doesn't go by and you ha- and and then you have to do another reset and say, Oh, wait a minute. We don't want to, we don't want to drop points again um, to just continue what you guys did against Chicago into the game with Toronto. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's pretty easy to do right now. You know, it's not like we're at the top of the table and flying and, you know, we're going to take our foot off the gas by any means and people are going to get comfortable after one win. Uh, it's a game at home. So it's a must win game for us. Um, it's a game against Toronto and, Uh, Like you said, there's a lot of little things that go into that, a team that we played a whole bunch. Um, Now a coach that we know uh, from them and a coach that we know knows us very well. So there's a lot of little things in there that makes this game um, important to us um, and and makes it a must-win game and makes it uh, almost a little bit personal. Clearly we'd be remiss if we didn't mention right here, it's not a secret to anybody, and it'll be a talking point all during the course of the week um, that Chris Armas is coming back to coach against his former team, um, and Aaron, in that particular case, you know, from a conceptual standpoint, Gerhard Struber right now, the fourth manager that you've had in your time at Red Bull between Jesse and Chris and, and Coach Carnell last year and now um, Coach Struber, when you think of it and, and the time that you spent with Chris from a positive standpoint, what, what did he bring out in you? What are your memories of having him as a head coach? 
Yeah, I mean, Chris is a is a player's coach, I think. I think he's a guy that understands the player's mentality. Um, he knows when you lose a game, how you're feeling. He knows when you win a game, how you're feeling. He's not, you know, extremely emotional one way or another. Um, and he's a guy that almost can befriend you. And, and when you're playing well, he can keep you like, hey, you know, this is, you know, you're a great player. That's why you're playing well. Don't, don't take your foot off the gas. And when you're not playing well, he can put your arm around you and be like, hey, you know, you're a great player. Don't worry about it. Uh, everyone goes through ebbs and flows of the season. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be all right. So he's a, he's a great guy um, in that way as a coach. Uh, and I also think he's very conceptual in, in the way he prepares. Um, he's uh, very diligent. He puts in the time. He's not a guy that slacks off when, when we're facing lower opponents or higher opponents. He treats every game the same. Um, that's how I know that he's going to be uh, focusing big time against us and a team that he knows well. He's not going to be like, oh, I know the Red Bulls. I know how they're going to play. Like, we'll just play like this. He's going to he's gonna do plenty of game film. He's going to have them very prepared. So um, we got to be ready. Aaron, uh, you know, speaking of Chris Armas and now – Moving into, you know, touched on Gerhard. Uh, I know you spoke pretty highly of him in the preseason when we chatted. Um, you know, can you talk us through a little bit about your relationship, how he is, you know, behind the scenes in the locker room with the guys, and how are you adjusting to his coaching style? Yeah, I think the whole group is adjusting great. Um, I think Gerhard is a guy who demands a lot out of his team, um, and we know the expectations. They are very clear very transparent going into every game, every training. We know exactly what he expects. Um, and I think that's when the cream rises to the crop, right? Like, you know, you know exactly what's expected of you. Your teammates know what's expected of you. But more importantly, like, if you don't do this, then you're not going to play because we have a very demanding coach. Um, but off the field, I think he's a very nice guy. He's got a great sense of humor, which um, was surprising to me in, in the fact that, um, you know, he doesn't speak the language uh, perfectly. It's not his first language, but I think his... Uh, way that he operates with humor is, is amazing. I think he's a, he's actually a very funny guy when you get to know him. Aaron, from a, from a tactical standpoint, I think everybody always goes under this idea. Okay. You're, you're a member of the Red Bull organization. All you do is press and it doesn't matter who the coach is. Things don't change one way or the other. Um, how, how different is what you guys are doing from a tactical standpoint right now, without giving away the, the playbook, so to speak from what you did with Jesse, what you did with Chris, what you did in that short time last year with, with Brad, and now with, with Gerhard, how different are the little kind of, you know, pieces of the puzzle? How, how do they get moved? Yeah, I think that um, to uh, maybe a non-soccer fanatic or someone that doesn't know tactics too well, it just, like you're saying, it looks like, oh, we're a pressing team. We're going to go out there. We're going to work our ass off and we're going to fly around the field. And, you know, that's the Red Bull philosophy. That's what we do. Nothing really changes. But there's so many little nuances in there that changes uh, with between coach to coach or um, game to game. There's so many little, little small details uh, in the way that we press um, and now in the way that we keep the ball and ideas with the ball and how we attack. Um, yeah, there's plenty of changes um, all the time. And I mean, even talking about Gerhard, I think since, you know, we've only had three games and I think we've played three different styles already. I think we've played a, a flat 4-4-2. I think we played five in the back against LA. Uh, and now we've played a diamond in the midfield. Uh, we might've even played one more structure. We might've played a 4-3-3 at one point. Um, but yeah, there's so many small tactical changes that we make um, and things that we work on all the time in training. And uh, yeah, we just want to be versatile in the way that we play so that you know, going up against a, a team that knows us well, or maybe a coach that knows us well. If he sees over the, the last three games, we played three different styles of play. He doesn't really know 
um, exactly how we're going to line up. And I think that that bodes well for us. Speaking of versatility and, you know, maybe uh, some personnel that Chris doesn't know about, can you speak to some of the new additions on the roster, Aaron? Um, obviously a small sample size with only three games, like you mentioned, but, you know, you're around these guys every day in training. Are there a couple guys, you know, you can be as political as you want because I know probably they may listen to this, but, uh, are, you know, who's got you excited from these new additions? Yeah, I think Andrew Gutman is is one that sticks out. He's with me on the back line. He's obviously right next to me, so I'll give him a shout-out first. I think he is a unbelievably solid um, and reliable defender, um, and that's something that we're used to in that position with um, with good defenders and, and good speed and, and someone that's reliable and does the dirty work. But I think he adds a little something going forward that we're not used to. Um, and I think he's very good on the ball, and as you can see against the game against Galaxy, he netted his first goal. But he's also good at whipping and crosses. Like he's the way he gets forward in transition, I think is very special. So um, hopeful for for his season and very excited of already from what I've seen from him so far. And in training, he's amazing. So um, yeah, so that that's that's that on Andrew, I guess. Um, another one. Let me move up the field a little bit. Who's new that's playing right now? And uh, Frankie Amaya. He just started the he just started the last game. It was his first start at Red Bull Arena. I think he adds something very different um, with the ball. Um, he's a player that was, you know, instead of being coached in this Red Bull mentality where it's pressing like crazy and playing forward immediately, I think in transition moments, he's able to slow down a little bit, at least from what I've seen, um, and maybe make the final pass, which is something that we've been missing, um, and connect the dots in the final third. Uh, so that's something that uh, that I'm hopeful and excited to see from Frankie. Um, who else have we got? Fabio up top, um, extremely hard worker. Uh, last game, he was able to to get a quick, small move and create space for himself and, and ding a shot off the post, which is, you know, it's always great for a striker to be able to create their own looks. Um, and then he also had two assists in the game. So that's, you know, just an unselfish player. Um, he's obviously a huge body and, you know, he can hold the ball up for us, but he also works his butt off. So, uh, yeah, those are just three from the last game uh, off the top of my head. Do you want me to continue more? Do you have any questions on anyone else? I'll I'll spill all the tea. You guys just let me know. Aaron, clearly with all the new guys on the team, it's good to hear your take on 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 a couple of them. I mean, we could spend probably an entire episode going through all of the roster changes, but I, I want to kind of flip the script on you a little bit and, and get away from talking about what's happening with the New York Red Bulls right now. We'll go back to that towards the end. And, and, and obviously the national team has been something that's been a focus for you um, over the course of the last couple of years. And, and to me has really kind of changed you as a player because – you think of it, you, you get one style with Red Bull, and you've had now a couple of different coaches, which have had little you know intricacies that have been thrown in there. But then you've got a whole nother side of it with the national team, the way they play, the, how they travel, where they go to, um, and, and the different kind of stages of what it's like to be part of the national team has, has to me at least, really changed you as a player. And, and I say that as a compliment, changed you for the better. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Right. I think the more that you can get these experience with the national team and, and like you're saying, put myself in uh, in new situations, uh, higher pressure sometimes, um, you know, have a have a different team to play for, different tactics to play for with the ball, um, a more possession based style with the ball, with the national team. Um, and defensively, it was definitely different than the high press, at least to begin with. And now recently, I think this past year, you're kind of seeing the the national team start transitioning into a little bit more of a higher press. So that's something I'm super familiar with coming from Red Bull. So 
just trying to make myself more well-rounded when I come from either of these two styles um, right. as a player. And, and no matter what the situation, hopefully my, um, uh, my experience is I can, I can have something to draw from. Aaron, when, when you think of it, when you go back and forth, I, I was thinking about this and I'm curious to know, and, and, and maybe there's no concrete answer right now. Is it harder to go from Red Bull to the national team or national team back to Red Bull? National team back to the Red Bull. That's, I think that's an easy one. I think to, um, I think at Red Bull, we play such a high pace um, against the ball. And even with the ball, um, it's a little bit more simplistic uh, in the way we do things. So then when I can go to, when I can go to the national team, I feel like I can slow down a little bit. Um, the pace of the game in these international games is usually a little bit slower just because um, in these international games, the tactics, it's not a team that's together all the time, right? So the tactics naturally have to be a little bit different than a club team. Um, so there's usually not an extremely high press that you're going against. Um, usually with the national team, we have a little bit more of the ball. So it's it's a calmer game. Um, it's a little bit more of a mental game. Uh, but it's it's an easier transition to me than going from that back to Red Bulls when I got to flip the switch and be in this extremely intense, extremely high-pressing mode again. Um that, that one's tougher for me. And I know that my coaches are always trying to like, when I come back, like, okay, come on, flip the switch, Red Bull brain, like, you know, get, get it, get back to that mentality. Uh, yeah. That, so just, I, I think that would be the, my answer on that one. Aaron, you, uh, you've had a great run with the national team in the past year, really solidified yourself in, in their plans. And I think the most exciting for Red Bull fans was the last camp where they had, you know, what was closer to a full strength team and you got not only an invite, but started both games with this year coming up with, you know, some pretty important tournaments and games with nations league and CONCACAF, uh, gold cup and, uh, a full slate of world cup qualifiers. What are your personal goals? Yeah, I think, uh, in the short term, it's probably to win some silverware. Um, the closest I've got is Gold Cup. Two years ago, we made it to the finals against Mexico and we lost. Um, I would love to bring a trophy um, back with with that group, and I think it would help so much for for all of our confidence and knowing that we, you know it's a young group, but we're moving in the right direction. And if we can cap off Nations League, which is coming up here, we have a semifinal and a final coming up soon. Or if I'm in the Gold Cup squad, if we can if we can win the Gold Cup um, in the short term, I think that'd be huge for us. Uh, and then looking a little bit longer term is, you know, the most important of all is qualifying for the World Cup. So um, just making myself available, trying to stay healthy um, and feature it and uh, and help in as many World Cup qualifiers as I can. It's kind of the biggest one. You know, you think of it, Aaron, for the schedule coming up, the next uh, friendly is May 30th in Switzerland. And then you mentioned the Nations League, that semifinal game, June 3rd against Honduras, a game that will take place in Denver, and something that something that you just said kind of struck me a little bit. You've experienced from the national team side of things the massive rivalry that exists with Mexico. When you think of it, and and I'll try and make the correlation to Red Bull. It seems like every team Red Bull plays: NYCFC, DC, Philly, New England, Columbus. All these teams kind of regard the New York Red Bulls as right at the top of their rivalry list. How how does it compare? Um, you know, area to area, the biggest rivalry in Major League Soccer, whoever that might be for Red Bull on a given week, in comparison to a huge rivalry at the international stage? Yeah, I think at, at Red Bull, it's kind of a, an us-against-the-world mentality because we do have so many of these teams that we play that um, that see us as their sort of quote-unquote rival. I mean, um, 
So we know that we have to get up for all these games like it's a rivalry game, even if it's not necessarily a rivalry game to us. You know, it's um, it's something that I've gotten used to. Um, but yeah, for the when when we played Mexico, I've played them a couple of times now. It's a uh, it is a different feeling, right? Because it's more than just like this is uh, this is a rivalry for me. It's like you can see it through the through the whole culture of the the staff of the national team, the veteran players that have been through these huge, huge. Um, important games against Mexico, World Cup qualifiers against Mexico, um, coaches that used to be players. Like it's a long lineage of, of um, like I can see it throughout the throughout the whole organization of the NAFS team. Like okay, this is this is against Mexico, and it it just feels very different. Um, and it's not just as a player is like, hey, you know, we're gonna play them, we're gonna do this for our club, we're gonna do this for our fans. It's more like it's like nation against nation. It's it's a it is a different feeling, and it's hard to describe. But um, yeah, it's very apparent when, when we do play Mexico that um, it's not just important to to us as players or the fans. It's like the whole organization has lived through that in one way or another. Whether it's you know the media team been there for years or the coaches that used to be players, like everyone has a story. Aaron, do you have a a favorite match that you've played with in the national team? You've obviously scored some big goals uh, with the national team and played in some big games. Do you have a favorite game that you've played in so far? Um, I'm trying to think of like, first thing that came to my head would be my debut against Peru. That was just like a very special moment, but we didn't win. Um, I played against Italy, which was unbelievable experience and we didn't win that game either, but we should have at least tied. We were tied. I think they scored in like the 93rd minute. It was insane game. Um, and then I scored two goals against Trinidad. I think I'm one of the only defenders to do that or maybe the only or one of a few um so that's a kind of a special game and to score two goals in a you know in a gold cup game in a you know a cup tournament style um i think those three just kind of rise to the top right now i mean you didn't mention being a, a captain at some point i mean that's that are we are we going past that one um no i think you know, that's a, that's a huge honor to me. Of course, it's a huge honor to anyone is, is captaining the national team. Um, but for, I don't, for some reason that like, um, that falls under more of like, uh, there's something else that it's not just like, wow, this is amazing. I'm the captain. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. So it's not necessarily just a, you know, this is my favorite cause I'm the captain. It's like, there's a huge, uh, responsibility and like sense of pride. And like, you know, this is, you kind of got to wear that on your sleeve and, and in your heart on that day. So that's, that kind of touches, I guess, a different note than just like, Hey, this is my favorite game. Cause I was a captain, maybe like the most meaningful game, most meaningful games would probably be that. Aaron, let's finish with a couple of, couple of fun ones to, to wrap things up. You mentioned ironically enough, scoring goals for the national team. You do it as well for the New York Red Bulls. I always like to throw a jab at Steve Jolly at least once a game and oh, yeah. say, you are the team's leading scorer as a defender, and it just burns him up because it was, it, it, to him. it was he who had the mantle for so long, and you have taken that. And I, I would have – I mean, listen, by the end of the year, you might have a record that's untouchable. I mean, he Jolly won't even be a consideration for it anymore. That's the goal. That's, I'm just trying to dethrone the Jolly King, you know. He's still trying to stay in my ear on Twitter – He's coming every now and again with a couple gold jugs. Hey, yeah, me and Aaron, you know, I'm just trying to put it all to bed. Um, soon, you know, me and Jolly will go out for dinner and, and we'll have some laughs over it. But, yeah, I'm definitely trying to 
trying to put them in the past there. So keep the jokes rolling. I, I love it that you make fun of them for it. Let, let, let me follow it up real quick. I mean, he, 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 to his credit, in the game against Chicago last week, he was co- clearly on your side. There was a one point you went up for a corner and you just stayed up there for like five minutes. And, and he said, well, he's doing exactly what he should do. He's waiting for the coach to yell, Aaron, you need to get back. And until he hears that, he's, he's got free reign to just keep pushing forward. I mean, you at that moment in the Chicago game, you must have thought, I'm a striker. That's what I thought. I'm like, you know what? I'm up here already. I don't know how I got up there. I don't know what was going on. Oh, I think I, I think I, uh, like they were on a transition. I like nicked the ball, and then I, I just had a ton of space. Went forward, played it wide. I'm like, mm, might as well at least go into the, into the box for a cross. See if I can get on the end of this. They didn't cross the ball, so I'm like, now I'm just in the box. What am I doing? Do I run back? I'm like, eh, I'll just stay here for a little bit, see what happens. You know, I like it. I Good like things it. will come. Aggressive. I love that. Uh, Aaron, I, I had this debate. So uh, Keel and I were hosting a virtual watch party for the Chicago game. And we had a debate. I, I asked him where his his curls ranked in the all-time Red Bull hairstyles. And I'd like to ask you, you were one of the all-timers that I had there with your mullet. It's got to be. I want to ask you where you think yours ranks in comparison to, say, a, a Stephen Keel mop, uh, a Tony Miola uh uh, ponytail and where does young john tolkien come into this list and do you think he can surpass your mullet one day because you know give us your take on on that mullet yeah i guess we'll just start off with the with the john tolkien mullet let's just put that to bed right right away you know it's it's flattering that i can inspire the younger generation like that um but the sequel is just never better than the original um i do give him tons of pointers all the time at training like hey you know you need to put a little bit more gel in that style it a little bit more um he's doing a really weird he's in a weird phase right now i'm trying to get him out of it trying to help him through it um he's wearing a headband like one of those little skinny headbands with his mullet it's the weirdest thing he's trying to pull like some sort of like beachy like hey i got long hair i don't want to get in my eyes but like that's kind of a thing that you can do with certain hair stuff. But you can't pull that with a mullet, you know. It's not like, are you at the beach? Are you? I don't know what he's trying to do. So I'm trying to help him guide him those those tough moments, you know. He he's a young guy. And he's I a think, young guy. You got to help him. I think as as hairstyles go, though, for for him, I think this is probably one of the better ones. Oh, for sure. I love it. And I'm tr- his heart's in the right place. I tell him that all the time. He just needs a little bit of guidance, as we all do. But luckily, he's got me for that. Um, in terms of the all-time hairstyles, let's go Tony Miola pony. I'm just not a big pony guy. You know, like I could see my hair going a lot of different ways in my life and in my career, but I, I just don't know if I could get behind the pony. I'm, I'm just not the biggest fan. Maybe it's just like my shape of head, like doesn't fit the pony. Like I can't wear those skinny hats for some reason. My head just doesn't like them. I got to wear the big brims. So okay. maybe I'm just not a pony guy for that, but I'm going to say pony at the bottom. I do love a good luscious curl, and my my mullet gets a little curly when I really let it go. So I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put me and Keel at the top. Tolkien, Tolkien's got to go at the bottom because again, he's just a sequel. You know, there's nothing original about it. So he's, he's still got some work to do. Yeah, me and Keel sure. at the top. We'll we'll go Tony right underneath us. We'll give Pony Boy a, a a three position, and Tolkien is is just a young buck trying to put his his stamp on the hair game. Tolkien, um, Tolkien gets an honorable mention. He's like a th- he's a throwaway basically in the in the category of best hair. He is just because it's it's just not original. But again, 
to set the record straight. I love the direction that he's going. All right, fair enough. Uh, I mean, this is the last couple minutes of any podcast. It's usually where you get the best detail, and I think we have proven that uh, yet again here on this episode of Red Bull Weekly. Aaron, really appreciate you hopping on with us, um, giving us some time. Absolutely looking forward to having you back on a, a second time. We've learned today Connor is, in fact, not a veteran. He's just an old retired player. We've learned that we can get information about the new guys and probably the old guys. It seems like you're willing to just talk anybody. about and anybody, anybody open at, book at, at, at any point. And dare I say, if, if in the span of the next, let's say, you know, couple episodes, maybe there's a new Aaron Long hairstyle. Maybe there's something else that we can talk about. Maybe, I hope maybe, I can this, do that. maybe this conversation has reinvigorated you to come up with something now more creative so that it's not. Aaron and Keel, it's just Aaron and everybody else. You know what? I'm inspired. Okay. Good. I might be bleaching the goatee here in a little bit. That's that's it's what we do. It's what we do. Uh, good luck this weekend. Again, thanks for hopping on. Um, continued success on the field and uh, look forward to three points against what should be a really good game against Toronto. Thank you, guys. That is Aaron Long. My partner is Connor Laid. Our thanks as always to our technical man, Gordon Stevenson, who without him, this podcast would have never gotten off the ground. Gordon is absolutely for you. I'm Matt Harmon. We will see you on Saturday. We'll start our coverage on Red Bull Radio at 12 o'clock. Kickoff at 1. Thanks for joining us as always. The latest episode of Red Bull Weekly.